What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Seeking Excellence podcast. It is great to be putting out podcasts again. You know, we took the last month off. I've actually recorded a ton. I think I've recorded like somewhere near 12 to 15 podcasts in the last month, but have not posted in a while. It's always good and helpful for me to get ahead, especially on guest episodes a few months out. And so that's what I've really kind of used this last month to do. And we've got some incredible, incredible podcasts lined up for you. So I have uh, Emily today, Emily and I's first podcast together since we've been married. Um, and yeah, obviously Emily's always a, a Seeking Excellence listener favorite. And so I uh, wanted to come back hot with, with the episode with her. You know, our most listened to episode ever is Seeking Excellence, as you'll hear me and Emily discuss today, is our story. So we recorded from Instagram to engagement, talking about how we met on Instagram and then walking all the way through our story until getting engaged. And uh, this is kind of the follow-up to that. And so this is engagement to wedding day. And so um, I hope that, yeah, you'll find it interesting, enjoyable, and that you'll learn some stuff about relationships through it and just what we've learned. And then also, it's especially relevant for you engaged couples out there, highly encourage you to send this to your significant other, to your fiance, um, to kind of talk through some of these things. Because uh, we learned a lot through our time of engagement. We were engaged for about 11 and a half months. And so we're excited to share uh, some of the wisdom that other people shared with us and then some of our own lessons learned as well. And so uh, upcoming podcast guests, man, we've got Isabel Brown from Turning Point USA. We've got Paul J. Kim, Jacob and Mom, The Basic Catholic, Cecilia uh, Pappas, um, and just a lot of other awesome people uh, that I've recorded with Bridget Busacker um, from uh, Managing Your Fertility uh, and just tons of tons of great guests and uh, super excited um, to be back in, in business. We're going to be back to two podcasts a month. I've got kind of a low-key plan, or two podcasts a week, excuse me, with a solo episode on Monday and then a guest on Thursdays. Um, and then I'm really excited to hopefully be transitioning into three podcast episodes a week with a little bit of a weekly wrap-up, uh, weekend motivation uh, kind of episode that will be launching on Fridays. And so I'm going to try to eventually move in the next like two to three months maybe not until January, but into a Monday, Wednesday, Friday routine of Monday solo, Wednesday guest, Friday uh, with that kind of solo episode that's going to be a little bit shorter, but kind of a wrap up of the week with some culture news, uh, you know, political news, societal news, church news, um, and then kind of go into some weekend stuff and motivation. So yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Obviously excited. We just passed two years, about two days ago of doing Seeking Excellence. And so this is episode 162, which is pretty crazy. So averaging about an episode and a half a week. Um, and yeah, it's just been an amazing experience. I've learned so much from podcasting. And I'm really excited to you know be kind of relaunching here in a sense um, with so many plans and, and a great vision and plan for the future of the podcast. And, and you know we've got some pretty exciting things in the works as far as a potential upcoming partnership. We're seeking excellence actually might be going under the umbrella of another organization. So that is to to come here in the next uh, month or two. And so I'll keep you updated on that as we move forward. But I just want to thank all you guys, man. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank those who have listened to a ton of the episodes. Uh, it's super humbling. It's, it's exciting for me. I've really enjoyed it. And it's what I feel like I'm called to do at this point in my life. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that it's been such a blessing to so many people. And I hope that it continues to be so. And I just want to encourage you, you know, if, if you if you have enjoyed it, um, I, I just ask that you would, would leave us a review. That's one of the biggest things you can do. I was just looking before this and our 
uh, review average is now down to 4.5, uh, mainly due to some one-star reviews. And so I'm going to read the one I think that's most fitting for today um, from Buzz Beef Knob. I think I've talked about this one before. But it says, married piss pigs and self-righteous dorks, Nathan and Emily answer the age-old question, who makes the absolute worst content on the internet? And so with that, I want to uh, welcome you to this next episode of Drivel and Worst Content on the Internet as we go into this episode with my lovely bride, Emily Crankfield. You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Holy cow. If this is not the <laughs> best day of my entire life, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the one, the only, Emily Crankfield. Hello. First time on the podcast. Wow. Rocking the Mrs. Crankfield sweater as well. I know I am, actually. I didn't even think about that when I grabbed it. What a move. I was actually going to give you some points for thinking about it, but now you oh. just lost them. Oops. So I totally thought about it. It's okay. You're, you're at even. Yeah. You know, you started with some on the board, so... Thank you. You're welcome. It's great to have you back. Hey, happy to be here. Long time guest of the podcast. You've been ducking me for about nine months now, I think. Eight or nine months. Which is so bad because we like live together and stuff. We do. Yeah. We've lived together for a good five months at this of point. Of that nine months. Yeah. It'll be five months uh, on Friday in two days. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Time flies when you're with the one you love. That's what you say to me all the time. That's right. Usually in like somewhat sarcastic circumstances. No, never in sarcastic <laughs> circumstances. But it's incredible. It's so good to have you. We got our new setup now, so we I don't know. have to like crowd around the, the one mic and speak into the two sides of it. Right. And now we can just like see each other while we're doing it too. Quasi professional. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like more like, yeah. Like we're on a like podcast. Like we're on a podcast. Wow. Instead of me trying to like get to the mic a little bit. Right. You were a constant. You were a mic drifter. You I was a drifter, yeah. yeah. You were a mic drifter. But now you don't have to drift. No. I'm here. Yeah. It's amazing. We are still kind of ratchet, you know, with the whole mic stand's not really working out in the book. There's a book uh, underneath the mic stand. Yeah. Yeah. It could be better. You look pretty legit, though. But this is, yeah, this is an We're upgrade. S- once we get into our house, we'll have like a really legit setup, I think. That's right. We can really like personalize it. Thanks be to God. Amen. We bought a house. <laughs> we did buy a house. How are you feeling about the house? <laughs> Great. I would just love to be in it. Maybe yeah. by this podcast coming out, we'll be in it. I don't think so, but it is. Oh, you think it's going to be? strong optimism. Wow. Well, yeah. it's like three more weeks. 
Yeah. Ugh. That's coming in soon, though. Yeah. But yeah, so we were going to talk today. I mean, kind of just, just, I, we're just happy to have you back. You know, I might just <laughs> say that for the next hour <laughs> over and over again. Um, it is incredible how difficult it is to get someone you're living with to record with you. Um, it's been a crazy five months, though. It has been. Nine months, even leading up to the wedding and everything like that. Yeah, I was just kind of recapping it yesterday, talking with Aaron Black, a uh, friend of mine, and we were just talking about like, this year, you know? She's and, been wild. Yeah, and just like how crazy it's been leading up to the wedding, and then we met with the realtor before the wedding. Yeah. And then right after the wedding, honeymoon, get back. Um, we didn't really know it at the time, but pregnant right away, yeah. house hunting immediately, all Lost, kinds of stuff. Lost the baby. Lost the baby. Moved out of our apartment. Closed down the house. Closed on the house, moved, moved out, out of our apartment. apartment. Now we're living with my parents. Yep. And here we are, hopefully moving into our house Yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. So it's wild. been wild. It has been a crazy time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. But it, yeah, so, you know, we did the, the, the number one podcast of all time on Seeking Excellence. I don't know if you know this or not, Emily. I'm well aware, Nathan. Thank uh, you. Mrs. Crankfield. But it is. I like to remind him of the fact. Instagram to engagement part one. <laughs> yes. And then the number two all time podcast is Instagram to engagement part two. And so today we were kind of thinking of going engagement to wedding day. Engagement to wedding day. Part one, but it would probably and only be one part. It might just be one part, and then part two would be wedding day to like now, like the beginning Present. of wedding. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I think something like that I sounds love it. great. That sounds so fun. Also, last time when we did those podcasts, we prepared for those podcasts. Like we wrote out stuff. We had like two pages of we had two an pages outline. Of, yeah. This time we are just rolling with it. Which is a great testament to how marriage changes a person. Yeah. Because the anxiety was so high even with the two pages last time. And this time you were just, you said those beautiful words. You remember what you said? I said, I trust you. Just lead the way. That's right. Wow. Incredible. That's, now, what you're, that's what men like to hear. You want to see the graces of the sacrament. <laughs> you're witnessing it right Absolutely. now. Coming in, no outline. So yeah. So let's talk about it. So we got engaged. Obviously, I was on a boot. Yep. Which was not awesome. Nope. But we got engaged. That was super fun. And then Easter last year. Yeah. And then like that afternoon, we started planning the wedding. Yeah. I felt this like pressure just in being home and your mom was there and we were with my parents and like everybody who we would need to be in like a part of the conversation. Right. Was there. So kind of like, I feel like I kind of pressured myself to like figure everything out right then and there. Sure. Which I feel like looking back maybe would have given some more time and whatnot. Um, but I am also a planner, so I also had like things in mind. Even though I was pretty surprised, actually, we didn't talk about that. Like I was pretty surprised. Yeah. About the engagement, I don't know if I shared this as much, but I think I shared it on my Instagram. But um, I had no idea that Nathan had a ring or anything like that. That's right. Like I literally during mass, so he proposed right after mass. I literally during mass um, thought to myself, today would be a good day for him to propose. But like totally just shrugged it off because I was like, well, I know he doesn't have a ring because he had been injured. Right. If you remember, he had the Achilles injury and literally couldn't drive himself anywhere. We were living in Atchison at the time. And so I would always go over to your apartment to drive you anywhere, or bring you anything That's you right. needed. But he had snuck out with my, my chauffeur, sister. My chef. Yeah. I literally took him everywhere. My nurse. So in my mind, I was like, I know he's not left Atchison, Kansas, but he sure had snuck out with my sister like a month prior, organized for me to be out shopping with friends and ran to Kansas City to get the ring. So it was like very shocking to me. Yeah. Which is also really funny because I ruin a lot of surprises. Right. 
and I had always prayed that my engagement would still be a surprise. So I guess the Lord found a way, you know, he's good at what he does. Yeah. It was a tough, you know, I would have in some ways rather you not have been surprised and and had a, uh, I'm grateful though. A full Achilles. Yeah. 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 I know that you prioritize other things, but (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay. You know, it's okay to disagree in a relationship. Amen. And, but yeah, so I, I, I wasn't expecting it, but I was like also kind of expecting it. So I just, we just jumped on that planning that afternoon. It was crazy. It's one of the crazy things about engagement is that it's hard to, obviously like on the guy side, like you can kind of plan for the day and you plan some of it out, but you're just blindsided if you're surprised. And so it's just like, what do you do now? But we did have everybody there and we had like two days, right? Like we had two days with everybody there. We visited. Sunday was Easter. Then Monday we had full day and then Tuesday everybody left. And we drove to a few venues just to kind of look at them with your mom and my mom. Mm-hmm. And we started just like kind of planning. Oh my gosh, we even made like rough guest lists. Do you remember that? We did. Yeah. Like no. that day. I made the A, B, and C list. That day. Yep. And that put a lot into perspective. Wedding planning tip. That puts a lot into perspective. That and then getting like the hard numbers from like caterers and venues and stuff on people. Yeah. Like head counts and everything like that puts a lot into perspective. So. Yeah, we jumped right in. We did. It was crazy. The I often tell people, my advice to people is, and I think this is true, this is like a general life principle, because mm-hmm. we did, went through the same thing with home buying, is your budget is the first thing you should do. Yes. Because finances, to, to take emotions out of finances as much as humanly possible is the best thing that you can <laughs> do, right? Like. Yes. How do people sell things? You see the commercials, right? Like Super Bowl Emotion. commercials are great examples of this. Yeah, yeah. It's just like emotional buying, right? Yeah. Um, it's the same reason why you don't like go to the grocery store when you're hungry, right? Like you want to be as like sane and like sober minded as you can be yeah. when it comes to making financial decisions. The grocery store is a small one, but when you're talking about something like this or if you're car buying or whatever it might be, yeah. like choosing your, your or not choosing, but determining what your budget is, is really important. And that can be so difficult when you're merging two families and people are like, yeah, you know, like I'm going to give you some money towards it or whatever. And you just yeah. don't know what it is. But then it's just good to just err on the lower side. Right. So you, you know, prepare for that. When you don't know. Because that that will determine rather than you making the list and then being like, well, how many of these people do I really feel okay about not coming? You can say, well, we can only have 250 or right. we can only have 200 or we can only have 100. Right. Whatever it might be. And then you can kind of work off that versus emotionally letting everybody else dictate to you, you know, family, friends, whatever, yeah. like, what's the? yeah, you got to have this person, this person has to come and this person, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. it um, is good to set that. The money puts a lot into perspective when it comes to wedding planning. Like yeah. I've never, oh my gosh, it was just ridiculous. Cause it's expensive. And now I'm going through it again. My sister just got engaged. So we're kind of starting from, you know, mm-hmm. square one again. And yeah. She shares the same thing of just like once you start seeing the hard numbers from vendors and different things, whew, puts a lot into perspective. It's a lot. Yeah. And yeah. you have to, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I know we disagree on it. Okay. At least I feel pretty confident <laughs> in it. Um, but what do you think about like, do you have any, not, not regrets isn't the word. We've never talked about this. Oh gosh. Yeah, but I just thought of it. But do you have any like different perspective now being on the other side of it of like, some of the little things, like if it was like upgrading on things, like, do you have any different perspective on like wedding budget or like how would you advise people when it comes to spending on it? Yeah. I can answer it first mm-hmm. if you want, if you want to think about your answer. Um, yeah, I would like to think about my answer. Because my main thing is that I often tell people it's a tough balance of, of honoring the tension between two good things. 
And one of those good things is that this is the best day of your life, right. so far at least, and yeah. really important, and it's really unique, and it's really special. And you've been dreaming about it, thinking about it for a long time. And so you should, in certain sense, go all out for it, right? Yeah. With a limit. The other side of that is that it is not the end of your life, mm-hmm. and it ought not be treated like the end of your life celebration, mm-hmm. where you're just like blowing everything you have. Right. Because on the other side of that, especially if you're a practicing Catholic and you're like, yeah, we're open to life right away. And yeah, we want to buy a house. And yeah, maybe the wife, like you want to stay at home or whatever it might be, or just like cut back and work a little bit less or these different things, right? Or just like acknowledging that like dental work is expensive, (laughs) you know, and like healthcare is expensive and you have to pay taxes and et cetera, Right. right? Like thinking about that. I think that there's a tough tension in that. I often coach people and say, like, it's never worth going over the budget. That's right. my personal, like, yeah. hard belief. I think it's just a Dave Ramsey in me, but I, I legitimately believe that. Like, if your budget is $20,000, if that's what you can spend to still have, like, a long-term savings account, like, if you've saved up and you have money or you're saving for a down payment on a house, like, if it's $10,000, like, whatever it might be, like, yeah. to me, it's never worth going over the budget. Interesting. You know, and well, I look back not even. interesting. I know that that's your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm not mind blowing to you. Yeah. But like little things that can come up throughout the wedding planning. We don't need to talk about anything specific, but um, I think that like I look back on it, and as maybe it's just a man in me, but I'm like, yeah, I would not pay more for like this or that upgrade for certain things. You know, that would be outside of the budget because I just I think that the day was great, and I don't think anybody looks back on um, what's like a small feature. Well. That you could think of. The only upgrade that comes to mind is the is the food upgrade we did. Oh, interesting. That's like all that came to mind to me. People loved our food. People talked they about did. that. They did. They did love the food. Do you know what upgrade I was thinking of? The chairs, but we didn't pay for that. We didn't, but the principle of it, I think, is... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Should we tell the chairs it's story? The tell the chairs story. All right. So... Let's go. Now we're getting we're into some wedding planning. We're just jumping ahead a little planning. bit. Yeah. But then I want to answer the question. I Should I answer the question first or tell the chair tell, story? I think you got to give the people All the, right, chair, the story chair story at this point. <laughs> I had this dream of having those really beautiful like gold chairs. Any girl listening to this will know exactly what I'm talking about. The beautiful like, gold chairs. The beautiful gold chairs where they're like... Not even cute. I don't even beautiful. know how to talk about, like how to describe them. They're like... Um, I don't know. I don't know how to describe they're them. They're beautiful and gold. Beautiful I think that's sufficient. I, go look at our wedding pictures and you'll see what chairs they are because did they're we in get them every in the one end? of them. Yes, we got them in the end. Okay. So the chairs. These chairs were an upgrade. Well, first of all, I go to the we go to the venue with my mom and then we took your mom later. Right? right you did. Yep. Or I took her later and I showed her the different chairs and my mom, Nathan's mom, myself was all like, "We want these chairs so bad." We go to the first meeting, we find out it is a $7 per person increase mm-hmm. to get these chairs in the venue. Okay. Which is roughly how much money with a 250-person wedding? Uh, I can't do the math right now. No, just, uh, just around $1,750 USD. I was going to let him say it right there. Anyways, 1000 so almost like $2,000, right? In that perspective, and as you can I imagine agreed. from the beginning, we did not budget two thousand dollars for chairs. For chairs, no. And Nathan, like, at first, I was like, so okay. My mindset, I did agree that that was like a ridiculous amount of money. But my thing was, if we saved money on other things, and if like a bunch of people didn't come to the wedding who we thought maybe were going to come to the wedding, you know what I mean? Like, we ended up having a lot of no's in the end. And in my mind, I was like, if we have this stuff in the budget. 
and in the end we find out we're under budget on certain other things we can just still like move that money around oh this is good nathan was more of the of the mindset of like we'll just pocket that money you know what i mean like we'll still just get to save that money rather than like still use the money instead like see it as like a gain rather than a like you just keep you still break even right that's where we kind of deferred on that so towards the end it got into a big debate because i because we a lot of people weren't able to come just given distance covid you name it (laughs) and so in my mind this is probably our biggest fight this is our tattoo story of this this this, yeah the freaking chairs (laughs) like the biggest fight of our yeah the chairs uh, wedding plan and it sounds so petty now oh my gosh like whatever right but yeah we're in the height of it i mean there was family drama that week like, yeah there's a lot thing. of drama we were, that we were week on edge his mom kept like talking about the chair like my, all of everybody like who yeah. was into the chairs kept bringing up the chairs like if there's ever to anything you. that cut got cut or like if we found out a bunch like, of people oh, couldn't make the it they're like now. oh we can get the chairs now yeah and you're like nathan literally will not let me get these chairs you're like i cannot have, i cannot fathom a situation <laughs> in which nathan's like oh you know what now we can upgrade to these chairs because there, there just wasn't because it was like these are just chairs right that circumstances did not exist in my mind exactly yeah okay so i in the end i'm just like okay i agree we don't need the chairs we won't get the chairs so we go to i go to the final begrudgingly begrudgingly i go to the final like decorations meeting (laughs) with the group this is one of my favorite with the vendor of my life and i don't know if the vendor just doesn't tell you this ahead of time because they like want you to upgrade to the chairs or what but I get to the meeting and she just goes, oh, by the way, since you have over 200 guests, we are just going to gift you the upgraded chairs. Yeah, you automatically get it. You automatically get it if you have over 200 people because it's like easier for space, like whatever way the chairs, which I think is just, I don't know if it actually. Yeah. You think think it's some good old fashioned bullshit? (laughs) I wasn't going to say that. Because that's what I think it was. So they just... We fought for nothing. We fought for nothing. So I call... I get off the phone with this lady. Nathan wasn't there when I had this call. And I... First of all, I freak out. And I was just like... I literally told the lady. I was like, you have no idea how much we've like... Beefed over these chairs. Yeah, over these freaking chairs. So in the end, we got the chairs. Yeah. And so like I hang up with the vendor lady and um, call Nathan. And Nathan's first thing he says is, do you tell her we almost broke off our engagement over these chairs? You're like, as a matter of fact, I did tell Actually, her Actually, that. yes. That's exactly what I told her. So in the end, we got the chairs. Again, Nathan always says, what did this teach us? Stick to our principles. Stick to our budget. Mm. You know, if it's meant to be, like, the Lord provides. Um, I was really excited to get the upgraded chairs for free. But that was, yeah. So that was something. That was a hilarious story but we did beef over those and chairs think, for yeah, so long we did and so i think silly. and you might i'm, I'm curious this kind of goes back to the original question so i'll let you answer this with the original question right. but you know i think it's one of the things of like i have to think about when we get into these conflicts i think we like really draw from our masculinity and femininity oh, absolutely right and like part of the masculine nature is supposed to be one we're supposed to just generally be less emotional which is not necessarily better Right. right, because there's times where you're supposed to like round me out, and there's times where I'm supposed to kind of toughen you up. Right, right? Um, uh, and I think with this, the other thing that I've also heard about, you know, the man without vision shall perish. You hear that in the book of Proverbs. Like thinking about visionary and like being more long term is supposed to be like the masculine strength. Right, right. Sometimes women are better at it than the man, and that's fine. But somebody has to be right, yeah. and to not see like just this right now. And I think that's something yeah. that we've kind of butted heads with at certain times. And there's times where, yeah, you have to balance me out where it's like, no, we need to just like, 
suck it up and like spend more time with these people right now and right. go to bed later or right. you know what I mean like we don't have to always be worried about the the next day or the a year from now or two years from now right but do you think now now <laughs> that we are hitting this I'm really we've never asked this and you can answer this honestly you can still disagree with me okay. I I think that you're lying if you disagree with me but that's fine if you do <laughs> um <laughs> but do you now thinking back to the chairs one day of the chairs yeah versus now where we want to like let's say paint the cabinets Oh jeez. Do you think this it would be thing. worth it to have taken the money out from that to neglect what we're now going to be able to upgrade in our house for the next 5 years? Oh, you're like you're saying that since we saved some money on the wedding we can now do the cabinets which I really want. Not quite what, what I'm saying. Okay, okay. Which he hasn't approved of yet. But if that was the opportunity because that was my that was what I was advocating for. Like right. I felt like it was yeah, like Yeah, yeah, we could have like more time. Yeah, so yeah. often I think when these arguments come up between uh couples and I'm using this more of like an example of a lot of things, but especially when it comes to like there's often always in couples and we don't disagree on like investing and saving in general. Yeah. But there's a lot of times where couples do, right? And they beef yeah. on that and somebody's like I want to spend the money now. I want to go on trips, I want to do all this stuff and right. I don't want to save or invest and or pay off our debt. And then there's one, I hear that on Dave Ramsey's show all the time, people that call in and it can be, sometimes it's a woman, sometimes it's a man. It's like, yeah. how do I convince my spouse to get on board with this? Right. Right. And excuse me, I think that's the thing that a lot of times the the saver or whatever wants to convey of like, yeah. I'm not saying that these chairs are important, that it wouldn't be nice to have them. I'm just saying that we need a new washer and dryer in the house. Right. And we don't know that yet because we haven't bought the house yet, but you How might. much do you want that washer and dryer? You know what right. I mean? Like, we really want them. And I really want our dryer to not burn our house down because it's from 1985. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. What are your thoughts on it? Okay, so two I'll thoughts. I'll stop. I'll First mute myself. First of all, on, like, being the different... So I don't want everybody to think that I was just, like, petty over these, like, little things in the budget and No, stuff I don't like think that. that it was that. I think the biggest thing is... And this kind of goes with what, what you're saying about the femininity, masculinity, like almost the the feminine is also very people oriented. Right. So my biggest thing was I wanted a lot of people to be there. And like it was really hard for me to cut down on the list. And you wanted to make it really nice. And I wanted to make it I wanted to make it really nice yep. and like create this environment that everybody would really enjoy. But I also like had the hardest time cutting down on the list. And yeah. In hindsight, there were a lot. I mean, there were a lot of friends that I'm like still kind of shocked that I didn't invite but like when you're in the when you're in it it like made sense that i didn't invite them if that makes sense yeah you know um like yeah so kind of that kind of stuff i think is where i was always coming from was i was always like i was always torn because i wanted it to be nice and you would talk to me about this is like we can't have it all i would want it to be nice but i also like wanted him like all my people to be there and all your people to be there you know yeah which is like when you have traveled so much and you've gone to like different schools and we both like, we didn't have the same friend group in college. You know what I mean? Like we don't have like one pool of friends yep. to pick from, you know, it was really hard to make sure that we had the right amount of people, you know, yep. and different things like that. And so I think that was something that maybe I have like sometimes like little regrets for, like if I run into somebody who I haven't seen in a while and I didn't invite them to the wedding cause I hadn't seen them in a while and I hadn't talked to them in a while. Like, and that just like, it let me kind of write it off if that makes sense you know yeah. um there have been a few times where i've gotten like a little sad about that if that makes sense sure For, of them not being there who knows if they would have been able to come anyways so i'd say that's something that i was thinking about the only the other thing that kind of came to mind when you were talking was maybe not not like regrets of spending but i i wish in some ways like kind of even 
when we were looking, when we just shared that we just jumped right into it. I wish I had spent more time and felt less rushed on some mm. of the things. And that rush came only from me. You know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, like I feel like I felt really pressured to buy a dress the day I went dress shopping, you know, mm. or to like pick a venue in the first week and like book them you know yeah different things like that that i wish i had like maybe put less pressure on myself to do again love the way it all turned out grateful for the venue we had loved my dress all those those kind of things but i don't think i like let myself enjoy the process as much and just like relax and take a step back does that make sense yeah like the dress i bought was literally the fourth dress i tried on Right. And when we were dress shopping with my sister a few weekends ago and she found her dress at the first place, people were like shocked that she found her dress at the first place. Yeah. And she tried on three times as many dresses as I did. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So even things like that, like I was just like, I'm almost just like, I just like made decisions very quickly. Yeah. Which is not your favorite way to make decisions. Which isn't. And I also wonder, yeah, if I had just like taken a breath, maybe there would have been like some ways that I would have saved earlier on or different things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just kind of jumping into whatever seemed to be the best option or different things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, that doesn't mean that I, again, like I said, I loved my dress. I love the venue. We had a great time. I'm grateful for the people that were there. Um, But I think that's my biggest thing. And now watching my sister go through it, she's really good at that. She's good at like taking a, like calming down a little bit about it. Yeah, taking her time. Yeah. 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 That's super interesting. Yeah. So. I love it. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing that I really loved um, that you just said there is the idea of, like, you can't have it all. Yeah. Which is, like, I mean, dude, that's so fundamental. And, you know, I love this. I love, like, creating analogies in different areas of life. Yeah. But it's it's so – I'll never forget, like, I heard Dan Crenshaw say this on the um, Order of Man podcast, I believe, with Ryan Mickler. And he was talking about how um, kind of conservatives versus progressives, like, progressives are always like, we want change and we want it now. Like, radical yeah. change and we want it now, yeah. right? And then, like, the conservative thing is kind of like, we want gradual change in due time, right? Yeah. And I think that that's, like, such a difficult thing for a lot of us and like, human nature, right? Like, yeah. wants to have, like... We, and it's, it's what you see in, like, the world, right? This, like, pursuit of utopia that comes at a lot of destruction, right? It comes at a lot of cost. Yeah. And I think it does take a lot of emotional um, maturity and the time to, like, step back and, like, relax and yeah. evaluate things. Yeah. And really, it's really difficult. I mean, this goes back to, like, third grade, right? Like, it's difficult to have respect or appreciation for future you, yeah. Right. That's why yeah. you have the extra dessert. That's why you have the extra drink on Saturday night and wake yeah. up hungover the next day. That's why you, you know, don't go to church because you'll worry about it later. That's why, you know, you do all we do all these things. You spend all our money. We go into debt. Right. Because it's just like you're kind of living in the present. And yeah. a lot of the like self-help and self-care stuff nowadays is like very focused on that. We talked about the, you know, the reels that we hate to see where people are always oh, talking about like gosh. traveling. And I can't afford this lifestyle, but it hasn't like burned down yet. And yeah. It's like. What are you talking about, right? What are you preparing for? Yeah. Exactly. You're so unprepared. And that's that's what I think it all comes down to. I don't know if I've ever shared this, but the my main you can't have it all criteria that uh, I really learned this on or really applied this well in my life was, we've talked about this, but in uh, my job hunt getting out of the army, Uh I crushed this. So I made four (laughs) main categories, right? Yeah. And the four main categories were pay, Uh 
job satisfaction, hours that I'd have to work, you know, and how much I could kind of control my time. Yeah. And then uh, the fourth one was location. location. And what I knew was, I was like, if I go for a 10 in one, I'm likely going to get a two in another. Yeah. And I have to accept that. Yeah. But the best I think I could do is try to find like a seven to an eight average across the board. Right. Right. Because if I have a great pay, you know, I think of like some of my friends who have worked on Wall Street or done like great things. Yeah. They have no control of their time. Right. Right. Like you right. have no control of your time. So your, your pay is a 10. Yeah. Your time's a zero. Right. right. Or a one. Um, if you love your job satisfaction, then you might not be able to choose like your location. I have to be a little more flexible on that. Or maybe your job satisfaction will also decrease your pay a little bit. Right. Especially for somebody who wants to work in the church. We like working for, you know, good missions and things like that. And so I think that's the same thing we kind of came to with like wedding planning, where it was like, okay, big guest list, nicer things, you know, a great honeymoon, whatever it might be, like figure out your things. But yeah, but it's like, where do you want to sacrifice? And if you do want to blow it all now, like we have to really know that like when it comes to if we get pregnant or if we uh, are buying a house, like. This could be the difference between buying a nice house or buying a townhome. Right. You know, this could be the difference between um, having to literally go and, like, get hand-me-downs for the child. Right. Right? Like, they're not going to be rocking Jordans and, like, cute little sneakers <laughs> if you blow all your money. Because it's like at some point, there's always good things, right? right? And that's what I feel like it's easy to forget about. Not only are there always good things, but financially there's also always bad things. Right. Right? Like, you and I both just talked about, like, we need dental work. I made that, you know, comment earlier because it just happened yesterday. We were talking about, like, both, yeah. yeah, I got to get a filling that's, like, $500, and you have to get a filling soon or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, like, all this stuff that adds up. My car got sideswiped, you know, like, these microphones that we're using right now, like, this costs us, like, $300, $400 to, like, get this setup going before Napa. And it's, like, this stuff's expensive, right? right. Birthdays, like, there's constantly gifts and Christmas is coming up. Weddings. The new house has all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And so it's, like, you have to remember that, too, that, like, there's, like, bad things that are going to happen. What most people do is they just go backwards and backwards and backwards right. and backwards into debt. And it's, like, well, when do, you, when do we, like, when do you cut that out, you know? Yeah. So you got to have the those other, conversations. The other thing I would suggest that, that we kind of messed up was, you'll be so glad when I say this. Wow, I can't wait. Oh. Somebody just came in. The cleaning people just came in. That's okay. We can, cu- we can cut this out. We can cut this out. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Hi. No worries. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. That's fine. <laughs> I knew that. I could hear them coming. Could you? Yeah. All right, so the 29-minute mark. Wow, we've been going for half an hour. Yeah. Jeez. 29-minute mark. I knew they were coming in. Don't forget your thought. You got me all excited. Now you forgot oh, it. Yeah, okay. no, I got it. I got it. Is she still here? Yeah. I was. I was like going to talk. Do you want me to start? Do you want me to tell you so you know? So yeah. You yeah. The um, putting all the money into my account and not making like another account so you could see what was left in the money. Oh. Putting all mom and dad's money into one account. Yeah. And then things just got messy. And we like couldn't tell like what we had totally spent, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I think if we would have like physically seen that. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Good Thanks. Night. Good night. <laughs> oh, tell me, I'm excited to hear this. <laughs> um, a financial tip from Emily. Financial Cranfield. tip. My parents will. Both of our parents were very generous in giving us uh, money to help with the wedding and. Um, we 
what I think we should have done was made a separate account to house all the money that was gifted to us or that we wanted to spend on it instead of just like having it all in my bank account yeah. Um, because things got messy and I like, we weren't like, there were times where I think it would just been so much easier to stick to budget if we could see literally how much was left. The account going down. Yeah. Like and we tried to much... track it on Excel, but didn't do a great job of and it. There's and little, it's really difficult. And there's so many little things that yep. you like lose track of, or if you don't immediately input it into the budget, which we weren't really good at, you know? Yeah. I think those kind of things. So 100%. I think if, if I, I'm sure we ended up spending more than was given to us or that we were expected because we just like didn't physically see it you know what yeah I, mean? I think something like that would have been really awesome to just be able to physically see the money going down definitely i mean that's you know? basically what we have set up for the house right you know it's like our house budget we have like different renovation budgets and in, in different accounts put a different accounts right yeah the other but thing that would have been good and the reason we did that if anybody's wondering this is a great tip that was given to us by sarah swafford um, our good friend Sarah mm. Swafford when we were when we first got engaged the reason why we asked everybody to give us the money rather than like them like my parents pay for the first payment of the venue or something like that was because we charged everything onto a really good um, rewards credit card mm-hmm. have you talked about this on another podcast I feel like you did I think so yeah, yeah at some point but it's okay yeah we charged everything for the wedding on that rewards credit card and it like almost completely the rewards we got from all of the payments yeah. for the wedding like 85%, 80%. Yeah, paid for like 85% of our honeymoon. Yeah. Because we used all of the rewards to cover, the rewards money and points to cover all of our other expenses for our honeymoon. Yeah. So that was an idea that was given to us of like, just like, yeah. I mean, you yeah. I mean? And if so you, that's kind of why we were in charge of the funds. If, if you count sense. the uh, the flights that we got with the, uh, what was that pass called? Command, the companion pass companion with Southwest? Pass. Yeah. Then we definitely covered the honeymoon. We probably Because the yeah. money that we saved from like you being able to fly with me for just taxes was... Yeah. 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 The money that would have covered the rest so of So that's why we had decided early on as like a financial move to do that. Um, yeah. And that's just what we decided to do. Which is big. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to be careful with that. I think that's something that, you know, we're still kind of working out. And I just had somebody ask me recently about credit cards. And I'm like, you just got to really be ready for that. You know, yeah. and you have to be careful with it because it's just so difficult. And I think that one of the challenges we have and something that I'm trying to get better at is like us budgeting together each month. Right. Because like I know we've had like frustrations at times where it's like and it's not even your fault because I don't bring it up. But like I was the like, primary person on the, the credit card and it's right. like I'm the only one that could see it and see I have to pay it charged, off. Yeah. yeah. And like <laughs> I like experience the pain of like seeing the number high. Yeah. You know, and when you don't, don't see that, it can be easy to be like, oh, I'm going to like buy this extra gift for somebody and like do nice things or whatever it might be, you know. Yeah. But um, I think that that's important, too. So, Seriously. yeah, that, that can be difficult. But, yeah, the, the more painful you can make it to see the money being spent. Right. It's just right. And like when the account's going more. down. That's why cash is such a good place to start for people who are just learning how to budget. But transitioning from that, Love how it. do you feel or like your evaluation, a reflection on how we spiritually prepared for mm-hmm. marriage and maybe just like marriage prep in general, like what we did at the parish and stuff? Like, yeah. How do you feel like it went? Um, or anything you might change about your spiritual preparation, right? Yeah. You don't have to have anything, but if you do. Well, I think, I think there's also a pressure to feel like you are completely spiritually ready for it. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that nobody will ever feel like you're not completely ready for marriage, like until you're in it and you're like experiencing the day to day, I feel like, and obviously we're only five months in, so... 
I'm sure even more will grow. I like, wouldn't call us we're not gurus. prepared. Yeah, yeah, we're not prepared completely for everything that's going to come at us. We have. I mean, we'll do another podcast on this. But we've already faced a lot in our five months of marriage. But um, yeah, I think so. It's what's interesting about that. I am. I have the great privilege of being on a committee right now at the archdiocese to talk about and try to prepare some new um norms for marriage prep in our diocese and um i i just have a lot of thoughts so a lot of thoughts are swirling on that um i think there's an interesting thing in our world today where and nathan and i have talked deeply about this where sometimes marriage prep is almost too focused on those who are like already cohabitating and already doing all these different things that it's like kind of they they share like really basic things yeah which is what we've heard from a lot of friends who are like equally you know as into their faith as we are and stuff um and that's not to sound like prideful in the fact that you like like don't need marriage prep but it is just like there are certain things that i think we did together Together on our own that we're probably more yeah. beneficial if that makes sense i do think that our marriage prep time provided room for com- more conversation like during after going to the first one i felt like we had like a deeper conversation than we had had about certain things i don't know if yeah. you remember that we were driving like after home from the it. um the question thing the focus or you mean no, oh, like oh the after first marriage. one i still just remember after no, the first yeah, marriage prep, even though like when we were at the class it wasn't like ne- necessarily anything blew my mind or i like learned anything new yeah, about it yeah but it, it did some good conversation but it did spark good conversation and stuff yeah i think what was really cool about the way they did it at our parish was every week a different couple came in and gave like their testimony of marriage and like specifically on whatever topic we were talking about. That was cool. So it was cool that you got to see so many different perspectives and see so many different couples and how they lived things out, what their families of origin were like and how that impacted them, you know? But the hard part with that even was it was still a lot of what you're talking about. Like a lot of the couples came in and like, we're like, yeah, we were on birth control or like we weren't really practicing our faith. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them were like convert converts after marriage, after marriage. And so there wasn't as many as us that like, yeah, we had the same, which they still had like good things to share about marriage itself, but it was like nobody. Yeah. Just no, it was, it was hard to relate to a lot of it, I guess. And I didn't feel like I really learned a ton through it. Yeah. But it did provide good time for us to have conversations. I will say that. And they, um, the most beneficial thing that we've often reflected on that was part of our marriage prep program was um, the focus inventory and meeting with the couple who was really, they were just great at, at facilitating the conversation because yeah. they really took a step back and they really made Nathan and I talk about it in front yeah. of them. And um, that's something that like in thinking about- We should about, have just recorded that. That would have been great podcast oh content. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> Um, no, that's classified information. That's classified information. <laughs> but it was um, good, though. It was good, but I—that's something that I've kind of brought to this like committee that I'm on. Of I think marriage prep should be more um, couple to couple, or like one to one, you know, like or like couple to priest or something like that, rather than group settings. Yeah. I mean, I think the group settings are good because you can like make friends and have like share experiences and like be able to bond. So maybe if there's like a component of group setting, but I do think that like a couple to couple is so much easier because you can, so like as a mentor couple, you can so much easier, easily um, like tailor things to that couple's individual needs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of like discipleship, right? Like in discipleship, you walk with somebody one-on-one 
right? And you kind of tailor things to their needs. I think that that's a big thing in marriage prep personally. Yeah. That I think is important. Um, so that's something we've been talking about is just like Which trying to encourage to parishes to do that. Yeah. yeah it's, and it's hard to do that in a group setting. Um, because I mean, there was a couple in our marriage prep that needed more of that basic stuff. And right. like, like we know that they were like cohabitating and different things. And I think at a lot of parishes, that is the case. I, I was kind of talking with, um, some of the marriage prep people in my office or the like marriage and family life people in my office about that. And they said that even if it didn't seem so at our parish that we did marriage prep at, that a lot of the parishes that they go to still face that people are cohabitating and doing these different things. So that's why I'm like, okay, so that is needed for those people. But then there's also like a missing link and some people who maybe want to go deeper or on a different, in a different place, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's marriage prep spiritually things that we did ourselves. Um, a lot of our book club books that we read were marriage based or like talking about marriage. So that brought us some things together. Um, I feel like we really committed to going to the sacraments together during that time and, uh, praying together more. was definitely big during that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like even leading up to wedding, you're like, did I do enough spiritually? Did I like prepare enough? Did I pray enough about this? Right. You know? And it's like, you almost just like, it's not like you can like pray a perfect amount to feel like you prepared spiritually sure. for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like one of those things that you almost, and that doesn't mean no, don't pray, <laughs> you know, like an yeah. engagement or anything like that. But like, it's a, it's an interesting feeling, you know? Yeah. What do you think? What would you say? Yeah. I think, you know, I think you covered marriage prep totally. I think for spiritually, one thing for me was like, I think it was really hard not having, I definitely don't have like an abundance of like great husbands to look to in my life. You know what I mean? Especially like older ones that I can look up to and be like, oh, like this guy's crushing it. Like, let me try to be like that. So I think one thing that I think looking back now, five months in, I'm like, I feel like I underestimated the, um, what's the word? Like the seriousness, how substantial, like the gravity of the role of a husband. Interesting. And I was just thinking about it you know, recently that I think one of the big things that like destroying the patriarchy does is it really destroys that. Yeah. Right. And I think that you see it in what I've been really reflecting on, you know, in the last couple of months, really when, um, uh, Michael and Mary were home. So your sister, sister and her fiance. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, it's kind of funny. I'm like thinking about it cause we're all staying at your parents' house. Right. And I'm like, it's kind of like your dad's the pastor and I'm like an associate Yeah. and, and Michael's like a seminarian, you know? <laughs> And just yeah, like thinking about, about it that way and like thinking about like the actual like priesthood. And obviously we all have like the priest, prophet, king thing, but like men are like the priests of the home. And like right. thinking of seven years it takes to become a priest um, and just trying to think of. And I truly believe that seeking excellence is what like should be like the seminary for husbands. Interesting. Right. Like that should be the, the thing it. is like learning how to do all of those things well. And so I think that I was like on a certain sense, like on a journey to do that. But I still think that like. This even just like the philosophy and like the culture that we have now of like destroying like the leadership of the man really diminishes that role. Just like when you diminish the priesthood for priests, yeah, they suck, right? Like they yeah. become effeminate, they become weak leaders, they start they stop wearing their collar in public, they definitely stop wearing cassocks, they're like softer in their preaching, they take out the hard parts of scripture, they don't, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and then a lot of them they lead in the scandal, right? Like that's what ends up happening, and I feel like that's. Even like you kind of, you know, half joke earlier about like men want to hear like you trust them or believe in them and you'll follow them. Like it's amazing. The more and more you dive into that, 
you know, because like you hear some of these things or you hear some of these like common phrases or sayings like the conservative movement or like more traditional Catholics and things like that. But it's just so true, yeah. you know, and I was even just reflecting yesterday as I was kind of going off about, you know, fitness and not wanting to be soft, not wanting to be fat and lazy and right. somebody that's, in, you know, ill temperate is in, how do you say that word? Ill-tempered? In, no, like not lacking temperance. Oh, I don't think that's who you're going for. Yeah. So someone who's lacking, lacking temperance. temperance. Um, like, I don't want to be that, right? right? And it's amazing to me what I've really loved and is, again, like a challenge of tension that we'll talk about more when we talk about, like, in marriage, but is that, like, I even, like, I don't know, you, you may or may not have realized this last time, but we went to dinner with your brother, and, like, I like to, like, be in pain when I'm in the gym, right? I like to curse <laughs> sometimes. I like to... Um, do yourself. all of these things. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I feel more alive when I'm doing that. And I know that like, when I feel more alive, like I am more patient, I am more loving, I am more calm. I'm more like concerned for others, right? Like I'm all of those things yeah. even more, but it's kind of like, sometimes it can kind of be like boxed and caged by this like niceness or like this need for like, um, not equality in the relationship because I know that we are equal in the relationship, but, um, just like trying to like push down and like turn down the masculinity of a man and it's like so often I was like seeking what I feel like I'm moving towards now but seeking in all the wrong ways of like chasing a promiscuous lifestyle and getting drunk and you know what I mean like always wanting these like adventures and missions and things like that and it's like we need that and I was thinking about it yesterday in the gym of like how women are meant to be like homemakers right and like kind of develop this like environment environment, yeah you're really good at and men are like go out and like hunt and like do those things. You know yeah. what I mean? And seek that adventure. And it's like, when you lose that, um, it's very difficult. And I don't feel like I ever lost it, but I think that I wish I'd understood just like the gravity of my role a little bit more and just had taken it more seriously, just even that. while we were engaged. Um, which I think was hard because I was going through a lot of stuff with learning how to walk again and all that yeah. stuff made it difficult and moving and things like that. But, right. um, yeah. I've just like grown so much in my understanding of, priorities and like one thing I've been really moved by which we'll go deep into this in the marriage episode sometime and I don't know I haven't even told you this right really but um (laughs) is like when I've been going recently like once a week to the traditional Latin mass or like when I came back from Napa and just like felt on fire for my faith like I love you so much more Mm. you know what I mean like I'm like moved to consolation in like very powerful ways like sometimes to the point of tears like when I'm in like a serious state of grace and like really praying and like all of those things. And it's just like, I'm like, how do people, I look at some people who I've seen in my life or like, you know, poor role models I had in the past or, you know, some people that I know now who are like fat, lazy men who have no prayer lives and are bad to their wives. And I'm like, it's legitimately impossible for that man to be good to his wife. Right, because they don't. Because you just you're shit at everything. So like you can't transition from that <laughs> into like oh now I'm gonna be an amazing husband. Like it just doesn't right. work. It's you know. Like a, well, that's the seeking seeking excellence like you talk about too. Like Damn, this preach it. Full round, well rounded. Preach the philosophy, person, right? girl. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what I just said, but that was no, just a lot it was of words. beautiful. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was beautiful. Oh, cute. <laughs> uh, the. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what you're talking about of just like that desire that you had to like go out and do these things, but it has to be like purified, right? And like you have yes. to learn how to do it in the best, in the virtuous way, right? And like that's a good desire. And that's what like manhood is about, right? Is virtuous manhood is about like figuring out how to harness that desire, but then like use it well, right? Right, you know? Um, but yeah, and like we keep referring to this marriage podcast, but 
I've definitely noticed a shift in you. Yeah. And like you're recognizing the gravity of it too. Like, yeah. And just like, or the way you treat me or the way, and I don't know what that was. I mean, we don't want to, we don't need to get too deep into it. I don't know if it was like maybe like losing the baby. Yeah. I feel like maybe it was a part of it or also just like living in it, you know? Yeah. And like the day to day, kind of a sure. little bit of both, but just like going through that experience together was really wild. Yeah. You know, and seeing all of that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very like practical phase of suffering. Living out. Yeah. Me like very physically. I think it was our first experience of me suffer physically suffering. Yeah. Definitely. You know, because we, we've had your Achilles tear, but I've like not been sick much or hurt much yeah, or anything like that. Yeah, and me having COVID when I had And then COVID you had COVID. Like days, yeah, and you were really dead. sick with yeah. COVID. And the miscarriage was my I first. Weak genes. was our first experience of me being like, well, even the pregnancy, like I was really sick. Right, yeah. You know, even though the baby wasn't healthy and like, um, like usually if you like are on the way to miscarriage, you don't feel the symptoms of pregnancy is what I've been told before, but I was still really sick. Yeah. Like leading up to it. And then when it happened, I was really, I mean, in so much pain. So I feel like that whole situation brought a lot out of you, or at least I've just seen that. Yeah, definitely. No, it's been a huge shift. And I think we've, I mean, we hit a, we hit a moment. Yeah, this is so funny. We're just doing like a 45-minute advertisement for the next episode <laughs> together. Um, but yeah, I think like in the last like two months, you know, which uh, we just had like a big kind of shift in where we were, which is crazy because we've been like super apart and we've been moving and living with your parents and, you know. But we've gotten into a group, I feel like. Yeah. And I was not, that today. Actually. Not in like an ideal circumstances, but we did kind of figure it out. Yeah. Um, obviously not like figure it out totally, yeah. but like we've really gotten to a good place. And we went from, yeah, just, I feel like we had our first year of marriage, like fights and uncomfortability <laughs> in, in like first, 60 like, days, <laughs> you know? And now I feel like we're like the second year already. Yeah. Cause people always it's tell you actually, wild. okay, we're talking too much about marriage. If yeah. like, at this point, we, <laughs> we can talk about whatever we want. We can talk about, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, people always this say like us. you fight the, like the most that you're going to, somebody told me that they fought, they never more fought in their more first year. in their first year to actually, yeah. they have in their, the whole rest of their marriage combined. And, like, yeah. Definitely, we had some rough patches at the beginning of this. We did. Yeah. Anyways, we can we can share that for another time. Do you have anything else on but engagement? Yeah, you're thinking I'm trying of? to think of uh, yeah prep for prep for marriage. I I'm trying to think of other like. Or what are what are some things you did that were really good? I was thinking uh, like the mass novena, like we did nine days yes. of mass leading up to it. Which we went to mass together together for the most part actually yeah. i don't think i think, I think every we went day. every single day for nine days leading up to the wedding so the wedding was like our 10th straight day yeah funny enough our ninth day do you remember this we showed up to mass literally the day before our wedding yes this is a great tip somebody in my office told me they um the night of their rehearsal dinner they just kind of left everybody and they went and mm. had like they just got drinks together, just the two of them, so they could have that time together. What Nathan and I decided to do... Which just, you don't want to do, because that night's fun. Yeah, that night was really fun. time with yeah. people, and then go to bed at a decent time. Exactly. So what we did instead was we were going to go to Mass, and then we went to breakfast by ourselves, reflected on things. We already had so much to decomp. And I had and these mother-loving Frosted Flakes... <laughs> covered french toast at breakfast on broadway and he brings it up every with single cherry time. pie filling on top and whipped cream and when i tell you my people <laughs> that this was the most bomb breakfast of my lifetime oh my goodness the day before his wedding i can still taste it yes the day before your wedding and, and we got it like three weeks later too when we got back. and we did get it three oh weeks later after but they, they canceled it they've stopped yeah it was a seasonal thing sad i'm gonna try to make them for you someday that would be grand. Can you imagine? <laughs> Anyways, so what we decided to do was go to breakfast every together. March 18th. And we just like had a very like, yeah, every March 18th, that could be the, we just had a very like intentional breakfast together and stuff. 
Um, yeah. Sorry. It's okay. I forgive you. I hit the mic. <laughs> I was very, very specifically told not to touch the mic. <laughs> and you did it anyway. <laughs> and I did it anyways. So. Oops. Where was I going with this? Oh, but funny enough, that that mass that morning remember was a was a communion service it sure was because the priests were on retreat no lector yeah it was hilarious oh yeah so nathan had to like jump up and lector because he's a lector at our parish yep and it was the only mass we went to at our actual parish other than sunday mass during those yeah it was just hilarious so it was really funny so the last the last day i guess was a communion service but the lord counts it but that was really good and i felt like to a certain degree i don't recommend this being your approach but i felt like it gave me and just kind of like doing that, we went to confession like very often as we were leading up to the mar- uh, to the wedding and stuff and try to go yeah. to adoration and things like that. Yeah. And I think that um, it you don't want to like procrastinate and like cr- crunch it all in at the last yeah. minute. And I don't feel like we did that, but it did kind of give me like a big boost at the end. It did. Yeah. You know? Grace and just yeah. leading up to it and everything. Like I don't think I would have, you can't start from zero and do that and like expect to feel super holy, but I did feel pretty great on wedding day. Having right. done that, like Nine we were crushing it, mass, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, just like, being like really intentional that last like 30 days right. and then the last like 10 days. And we invited our um, guests to join us in the St. John or um, St. Joseph, yeah. the consecration so of St. Joseph. 33 days, yeah, so we, were we did doing 33 that. days leading up to the wedding um, of the consecration of St. Joseph. So that was also really awesome. Just and like I did a lot it of things. At like least 22 of those days. I read all 33 days, but yeah. I hit a I hit a good like seventy percent of the days. Nathan on has the, days. the Nathan literally has the the like litany to Saint Joseph at the end of that book that you pray every day. He you literally have that memorized. I at like least he did, will yeah. you did well yeah you did for a while. I need to get it. Like going I remember again. even like on the honeymoon or different things you praying. We would it just do it from yeah. memory. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hilarious, but yeah, all of that I think was. And we really were trying great. to play that together. Yeah, each we day. did every night before I would leave um, your apartment. Yeah. Some, many nights on the phone. Yeah, some nights on the phone. While yeah, because we were driving. Because I would be like halfway home, and I'd be yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, we didn't do it." And she'd be like, "Nathan, you're supposed to remind me." <laughs> I'm like, "Dude." The only other thing I can think I'm about, spacey. if you want to talk about, is just like, um, Dude, let's talk about it. Chastity and engagement. Mm. Yeah, and just like, mm. I, I, Damn. as we were talking about that, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, great, great topic, and I'm sure people like have that question. You know, oof. As we were talking about it, though, like. Do you remember in those, like, at least last, like, month or two, like, people always said, like, it gets harder and harder, which it did. Like, we definitely struggled in certain regards leading up to the wedding. But I do feel like in that last, like, almost, like, month, it's so close and so in sight that we, like, there's, like, a lot of grace surrounding that. Yeah. That we almost, like, didn't struggle as As much. much. You know what I mean? Um, Which is really interesting to think about, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's mother-freaking hard, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, it's mother freaking hard, but so worth it. though. So worth it. So worth it. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> but it's hard, though. <laughs> yes. It's difficult. It is tough because you're like... There, the so emotional the way that it was, chastity. Yeah, break the, that well, down for us. The way that it was best explained Talk to, to me, me girl. right, is like, like yes, you you have like lost a lot of emotional chastity because you're Almost all preparing it. for marriage. You have to you, be talking about exactly. these things. You are like preparing for these things. Which is such a great guardian when you're dating. When you're dating is to have that like guard. And if guard you practice up, right? that, you know that, yeah. right? Like you know that like not talking about how many kids you want to have when you're right. on your second date or yeah. you know like things. envisioning your marriage. But then like literally all you're doing every day for is envisioning your marriage. 6 to 12 months is yeah. just like thinking about your marriage. Yeah. And, and I how remember you're gonna marry this person when we were your lives together and you're planning yeah. holidays and how many kids you want. And yeah. talking about baby names and <laughs> we didn't talk about baby names. we didn't but a lot of we people didn't talk about that later though it's not inappropriate though during yeah. engagement but we didn't 
fun fact we never t- never talked about baby names until our honeymoon yeah we've like had never had that conversation never brought up ideas for it literally until we were which is a fun place to do it sitting on the beach yeah and we were talking about it, which was like really fun because drinking like, yeah we we're having a great time and we were like okay like this is like appropriate for us to talk about Crush now. pina coladas exactly emily was crunk okay <laughs> let the people know let this be documented for our children someday nathan stop your mother got crunk on well, the pina coladas were flowing. Nathan. <laughs> I'm just saying. They need to know. Well, he, They need to know. She is but a human. A lot of guards were down because you're married now. Because you're hashtag married. And you don't have to drive anywhere. Anyways. <laughs> I, I get that really stressed about like it. any alcohol in my system if I'm ever driving. Like, that was her agreeing to it. Yeah. I like do not. I do not play around with yeah. that. So that's why. Yeah. Those are my multiple things. But anyways. Anyways. Go back off of that. Emotional chastity is gone. Emotional chastity is gone. So I remember one time like struggling with it during engagement and just like being kind of frustrated with myself or like all those different things or those tendencies or whether it was like, you know, falling or struggling here and there. And I remember talking to a priest about it and he's really like into theology of the body and different things. And he was my um, spiritual director when I was a missionary. And he just was like, like in theology of the body, we often talk about, right, is like, like, um, the language of the body, right. And like the language of the body, like speaks the reality of what's going on in your life too. Right. And so like, that's why you save sex for marriage because sex, um, speaks the language of marriage. Right. Mm. And so like, you have to like always make sure that the way that you are acting bodily and sexually or anything like that is in line, aligned with, aligned with your state in life and what's going on. Right. And so he kind of like, it reassured me in a sense of like there is this aspect of you like having more intimacy like emotionally and different things like that mm-hmm. right because of where you're at in, in engagement and you are like you don't have this emotional chastity so like there's a different level of intimacy here and so it's like natural for your body or your like desires to like be increased be increased if that makes sense um obviously like the tough part of engagement and like a holy catholic engagement is you have to really rein those in you know and so i think he brought me a lot of peace without like saying it was fine you know Mm -hmm. but just to be like don't like ruin or don't like let this like ruin how you think you're gonna like you're preparing right now if that makes sense you know what i mean like um it is just like natural for that language for your body to speak that language of deeper intimacy because that's like the step you're in, you know? Yeah. That doesn't mean it's okay to live together when you're engaged. You know what I mean? Right. Like it doesn't mean just give into those things, but it does like give a little peace in maybe feeling like down on yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Cause you're just human and like you like are desiring that. Like that's what you're literally like moving towards, you know? For sure. Um, but yeah, I felt like it got easier at the end. Yeah. Somewhat. I don't know. That was me. Yeah. No, I think so. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think just objectively it did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think anything does, right? Like when you're suffering, you know, there's like the last like few minutes, you know, yeah. or last few hours, last few days, weeks, whatever yeah. it is, um, always goes a little bit easier. But yeah, I think we, we, oh, we talked about this a while ago doing like an adult, like chastity for adults, like chastity after college kind of episode. And I think we should do oh that sometimes. Yes. It's so different because you're like, <laughs> Nathan wasn't living with anybody. You don't have that like accountability that you have in like college dorm rooms where like anybody right. can walk in at any second, you know, like, yeah. um, 
a lot of young adults don't live with other people, you know, and how do you really prepare yourself for success in that? Yeah. Um, Which we're again, pretty good at our, like, at our um, curfew that we set, though, too. Yeah. Like, we're, and yeah, because the I'm. lateness is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're ready for bed at 8 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't changed. Um, and that's one of the things that has trade-offs, right? Because you can think of, like, oh, like, a great Catholic household has roommates, and, like, I could right. have had roommates, and yeah. it would have helped in chastity for sure. And then, like, you lose... Right. Like, we got on a great groove together. Right, of, like, yeah, doing our meetings together and... Yep. And just, like, okay. what after work looked like. Like, yeah, there was basically work. no change yeah, create, after marriage. Yeah, like, make dinner together, <laughs> Except for not go going for to a bed walk. Together. Yeah. yeah, those kind of things. Who made um, dinner, who cleaned the dishes, like, who yeah. did all that kind of stuff. Like, Oh, uh, but it was so yeah. great that first week after the honeymoon to just, like, be there. Stay. To stay. Like, that, yeah. that was so worth it. Just, like, to have that, like, relaxed feeling. And like just like yeah. being settled, you know? Yeah. It was so awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a random question. Tell me. Um, as we wrap up here, and uh, if you want me to go first again, I can. Okay. Because I know that being put on the spot is not your favorite necessarily. No, I'm a deep thinker. But when it comes to praying for your significant other, what is mm. your way that you do that? I have like one very specific way that I kind of think of huh. that comes to mind when I think about this. It's kind of weird. It's not weird, oh, but... Um, yeah, how do you... Is like, there how do I like, pray for you? Yeah, exactly. I know that you do. I'm not, I'm not... This isn't like a quiz on if you do or not, but like... And it could be as simple as like you do, uh, you know, sacrifice things or, you know, mental prayer or whatever it might be. Um, but one of mine is... Go for it. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is I like to pray the Divine Mercy Chapel, especially in the sauna. Um, <laughs> it's almost exclusively where I pray the Divine Mercy Chapel. In the sauna? <laughs> or if I have gym? random amounts of time, but like before Mass or something in a rosary on me, I'll pray it then too. But yeah, the sauna is my big Divine Mercy, DMC place. <laughs> um, or the rosary. Okay. With either one, I like to pray for an intention, usually a person on each one. Okay, I see. What I did before we met was I would often pray the last decade for my future spouse. Oh, I don't know if I've ever done that. Yeah. Fun fact. Cute. Now, I was never a daily rosary person or anything anyway, so don't okay. get too excited about it. But, but when I would do prayers. it, though, when I would do it, though, it was for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was for you. And uh, But now, and, and really like the last year or so, one thing I do is like in my last decade, it's still for you, um, my current spouse. Uh, current. Well, well yeah, that sounds bad, <laughs> but I just you are my spouse at the present moment. It doesn't negate the fact that you'll be my spouse for all, not all eternity. I'm digging into a life. theological okay, okay, hole okay. right now. Oh my um, gosh. Yeah, for the rest, yeah, until I'm dead. Uh, because I call dying first. That's what he says all the time. <laughs> but the last decade, I actually specifically pray for humility on the first bead and then the last nine. Um, do my best at remembering the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit and cool. we'll pray for each one of those to be present in your life, like in you oh my gosh, I love specifically. That. Wow, yeah. I feel like any answer I have. Yeah, so not to like, like show you up there. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> it's kind of my approach. Then obviously like little fasting, like little pains and stuff when you have like yeah. little things, like yeah. more specific, like yeah. challenges with work or, you know, personal life, whatever it might be, health stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously then I like offer that up right. for all of our intentions and sometimes specifically for yeah. yours, you know, but well, I would say that's my kind of weird way that I think is a fun way to pray so for someone. That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Um, I guess a lot of, I have a lot of things, like I have a lot of writings that I've like given you a few of, yeah. of when I was praying for my future spouse, um, when I was like in college or high school or different things like that. Um, at some point, what's really wild about this, at some point, like in high school, no, college, 
I started praying to St. Joseph. So I like have like a few saints that I pray to um, like for their intercession before every mass and honestly most times before I pray. pray. And I always prayed um, to St. Joseph for myself and my future spouse and for chastity and humility in our like in both of our lives and in our relationship. So I prayed that a lot in college for my future spouse, which is cool that we like have the St. Joseph thing, you know, Yeah. like with everything in our relationship. Um, and then I just like changed that to like praying for you for chastity and humility for both of us during our um, engagement. And then like specifically praying that like for those intentions, like even in marriage, right? Cause you're still called to be chaste in marriage and like love and honor each other. But um, also just like entrusting our whole marriage. So I, I, I think I intercede to say, or like I have St. Joseph interceding for you the most, I feel like just like drawing yeah. him into that. Um, fun fact, I, I just, just like came up, but do you remember on the wedding night I gave you that note yeah. that I wrote? I wrote this, I got this image of St. Joseph in the mail and I didn't realize it, but it was a like card. Like it was a, yeah. it opens up, you know? And I wrote a letter. It was right after I finished my first consecration to St. Joseph um, when I was finishing up my mission year. And I don't know if I talked about this in the dating thing, but I finished that consecration the day Nathan and I started texting and like talking and yeah, you did. getting things a little, a little more serious. But that morning before we had texted or anything like that, I still remember it sitting out on my patio at my parents' house, writing this note to my future spouse um, and like everything I desired and was like looking forward to in them and like was praying for them. And I kept that with me all throughout our engagement and would like read it over again as a prayer for you all throughout our engagement. And then that was like in the envelope I gave to him on our wedding day, like never told him about that letter. Yeah. Um, that was pretty fire, which is really cool. And the image is really awesome. It is. So I gave that to you then I would say now though. Yeah. Aside from those things when I like didn't exactly know who you were, um, I don't know. I think the biggest thing is I, as I'm just like when I'm interceding or different things like that or before mass or before the rosary or different things like that and coming up with whoever I'm praying for my petitions are just really trying to pray for specific things I know you're in need of, you know, mm. and just not just like for Nathan. Yeah. But like now that you know me, you're like, there's a host of things to pray for. <laughs> <laughs> Like if there's this any issues is, that you're having, very wanting <laughs> in a multitude of virtues. So if there's any like issues or like uh like a big work event coming up, or if you have a big talk, or you're if like, you're now preparing what for don't I pray things, for? Stop. <laughs> you're crazy. That's incredible. Throwing your wedding ring all over the place over here. Yeah, that yeah. good old silicone ring. Um, I don't know. Just trying to be really like intentional about those things, like specifically yeah. naming things. But I do think maybe the biggest thing is, um asking for St. Joseph's intercession in your life. Yeah. 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 I often pray to our, um, four, we kind of have a four, uh, person litany of saints currently. As our family. Yeah. Yeah. St. Joseph. So I often pray to St. Joseph to help me to be a good husband. St. John Paul II for us to have a holy marriage. St. Thomas More for me to be steadfast in the faith and be excellent in all things. And be, and as you're in like being a husband. Cause he's an effing rock star. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, but I got St. Joseph holding down the husband thing. So I, I know. Okay, so you did. I see, I see, I see. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the first two are for. Great. Um, and then the fourth, is, I should have hit you with the oops. <laughs> Crystalia. Oh, but oops, though, because I was talking. 
Nobody else knows what you're talking but about. But oops, though. Right. He's <laughs> talking about a comedian. He's talking about a comedian. Crystalia, who, who Emily loves, and he's hilarious. incredibly vulgar. Yes, don't look him up. <laughs> I'm really ashamed that I... Oh, we love some Crystalia YouTube videos. Anyways, though. when somebody interrupts him, he goes, oops. Oops, oops though, because I was talking, right? <laughs> so oops, because we don't do that to each other, because okay, we're yeah. family. Okay, Literally. who is your fourth saint? Saint, the fourth who's saint. our fourth, our fourth saint. saint. You tell us. Who's the fourth saint? Saint John Mola. That's right. When we first got married... Get prego and have a healthy baby. Yeah. When we first got married, I just really felt like we needed to incorporate her into our prayers. Yeah. That's who I wanted. When you had like St. Joseph and St. Thomas More as like, like your manhood, St. John Mola was who I like. Yeah, we were very about. male dominant in the yeah, litany. Yeah, in the litany. So I was like, let's bring in St. John Mola. When I pray, I pray um, St. Joseph, chastity and humility, um, St. John Paul II to guide me in the path to sanctity um, as he's like my main patron. Um, St. Teresa Avila, or so St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, um, to get me my femininity. And also then knows Edith Stein. Edith Stein. And St. Teresa Lisieux to get me my daily mission and help me to do the little things well. That's what I always pray. Wow. So those are like my heavy hitters, my litany. Thanks for the insight. Yeah, you're welcome. Really appreciate it. We got all these saints that are just coming all over. Yeah. yeah. They're present. Yeah, it's very cool. I love it. Um, I was trying to think of like three questions to uh, rapid fire, rapid fire, three oh, to five, um, and I have zero five. prepared. Oh, so no. I'm currently thinking Whatever as I finish out. this run-on sentence that is, you know, really just going to end whenever I feel prepared to ask you a question. Sometimes I begin sentences and I, don't I have know no idea where they're going. going. Yeah, I just um, hope I find them along the way. All right, uh, let's go. Ready? Yeah. Boom. First, what was the uh, surprising or weird thing that you found out about me after we got married? Oh, somebody just asked us this, and I didn't have a good answer. Oh, I thought you maybe did, but I didn't remember what it was. Um, it's okay. Take your time. I'll think of the next question. You... Oh, I don't know. I honestly don't know how much surprised me oh this might be more engagement and just like running a household together like with your apartment and stuff before i moved in even but like nathan has a thing about floors being clean <laughs> like if there is really a floor funny. needs to be swept or vacuumed or anything like that he is noticing it it needs to happen it is like so uncanny. people know when I come over to your house, I'm judging your floors. Yeah, your floors have to be clean. If you can have dishes over. in the sink. Yeah, he does not care about dishes in the sink, messes in anywhere, piles you got of dust buddies all in the corner, piles all this different stuff. Come if on, the floors are messed up. Nathan's noticing it. You're done. Yeah. Okay. Who's your favorite dog you've ever known in your life? Luna, our dog. <laughs> Easy, right? Nathan's so obsessed with Easy. Dog. <laughs> she is the greatest animal that has ever lived oh other gosh. than like the donkey do that Mary so- rode while pregnant. No, I do love her so much. She is absolutely yeah. fantastic. What are you most looking forward to going into fall and winter? Any big things or... Um... <laughs> Getting into our house, creating it, like, I think it's cool that we're moving in, like, right at the beginning of fall, because it's just, like, the cozy time of year. Yeah. And, like, to just, like, we really... We have a fireplace. And we have a fireplace. We have two yeah. in operation. Yeah. So, like, just, like, getting into our house and creating, like, a cozy space mm. during the cozy time of year. I think that's something I'm excited about. I love that. What's your favorite holiday? Um, Fourth of July. Mm. Or Christmas. Everybody always says Christmas, so I always say Fourth of July. Love it. God bless America. Who's your favorite president of all time? 
president of all time? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. I don't know. <laughs> That's so tough. Hey, you can't pick 4th of July as your favorite holiday. Not I know. I used to always say Reagan just because I like loved that yeah. he like really unified the country and everything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that could be your answer. Yeah. Other than Obama, obviously. Stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you could see one artist in concert right now, who would it be? That I haven't seen or I have seen? Um, it could be either. Um, this is so basic, but need to breathe. Really? I love them so much. And I, I like, I've seen them twice in concert and I love them so once much. Once with me. Yeah, once with I Nathan. I remember that. Did I get offered tickets last week and I turned them down? Absolutely. And I don't know why. Nathan was out of town and I just like freaked out and was like, I don't have anybody to go with. But I do just love them in concert and they're so fun. Yeah. Um, One of my life's biggest regrets ones? is that I wasn't as into them as I am now. Before right. We before went we to went concert. to the concert. Yeah. It'd be really cool to go again together yeah that you know more I, of their songs. I don't think they're retiring anytime soon so no, we, got that. So. we got that on our side all right last yeah. question okay if you could see any sporting event matchup it could be kind of vague like you could say like wimbledon or the super bowl or like if it was like a teams playing each other like pick like the just stadium go to a and, sporting event yeah and it could be anything what would it be so it could just be vague i would love to go to a super bowl oh my gosh Mm. hands down super bowl would be the first the right answer was a uh, michigan bowl game but that was a top three okay, acceptable fine. choice well i i mean a super bowl sounds so cool to go to are you going to any cool sporting events this fall <laughs> is this what you okay so is this what you're leaning on when you're talking about what am i most excited about for the fall um no that could okay. have been anything it should have been this but that could, it could have been anything all right well nathan <laughs> and i are going to the michigan michigan state game um nathan if you don't know this is a massive michigan Huge. football fan university Huge. of michigan Go blue. Huge. He has never been to the campus. He has never been to a game of theirs before. My dad gifted us these tickets for Nathan's birthday this year. And we are so excited. We're making a whole weekend out of it. We're going to take a few days and go explore Michigan and um, take some vacation. But we are pumped for that game. Absolutely fired up. Nathan is so excited. I'm so excited. Who am I kidding? It's going to be incredible. I've never been to like, I think that high of a caliber like college football game either right too so i'm really excited for that atmosphere it's unreal yeah <clears throat> but i would still say super bowl yeah no that's understandable i have been to a world series super bowl is very once in a lifetime super bowl yeah yeah i've been to a world series but not super bowl yeah, yeah. i get that for sure um so. that's great well hey you know this has just been <laughs> a wonderful way to spend a tuesday wednesday evening, wednesday evening. <laughs> whatever day it is <laughs> And so I just want to thank you on behalf of all the listeners of the Seeking Access podcast for coming back on. You know, this has been highly anticipated. Highly requested. Yeah, highly requested. I love to remind Nathan for... of how high up my other yeah, episodes were. So let's break that record, kids. You're the one people love. Yeah, let's let's get past. I think the other one's at like 1,300 uh um, downloads and so we'd love to we'd love to get this one to 15 that would it. be that would be grand sure. um, looking to build this momentum sure, you know we just recently hit after this comes out um our two-year anniversary of seeking excellence yeah. so this is a big deal for us you know Wild. um yeah two years of the podcast averaging like an episode and a half a week um and so yeah just very grateful to be here and very grateful that we got to, gotten to do so much together and now that we have this new setup i'm hoping you know it was always our jo- our dream and our goal one of my visions was always to have kind of like our book club, like one kind of wrap up book club a month, a month with a book that we read yeah. like on here, which is great because we cover so many different topics and apply it to life and yeah. um, really think through it throughout the month. And so I'm excited to get to that. And we have a ton backlog now yeah. that we haven't done before. So, And I would love to do more podcasts. I really do enjoy this. 
Every yeah. time we get on it, I'm like, have so much fun. It's a great time. This is basically our conversations in general. Right. Yeah. We just get on here and talk. This is, yeah. I mean, this is it's very natural, obviously, yeah. when we're talking together. We have a good chemistry. You know, we spend a lot of time together. <laughs> and so, like, we, we just, like each other. Yeah. We're probably going to hang out somewhere. Pretty fond. And now we get to look at each other while we do it. I know. This is Versus fun. looking like at the screen. Yeah. I would turn my head and try to stay close to the microphone. Yeah. Which wasn't as fun. But thank you all for tuning in. We want to encourage you uh, in your life, and we want to encourage you in your pursuit of excellence, in your pursuit of holiness in your life. And so I hope that this was, you know, um, supportive and uplifting and funny to you as, uh, you know, I didn't really make fun of you much today, but thank you. I'll give you more of that next time. That was to the listeners and to you. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then um, stay tuned for our marriage podcast, which we already kind of talked a little bit about but yeah we'll, there's some great stuff to, to go into and obviously we're not going to come on and try to give like marriage advice or you know like anything like that but we just try to reflect on what we've learned about and try to share the lessons that we've learned um what's gone on with us yeah, yeah. And just kind of some thoughts you know and i think that's what people have to get more um feel more empowered to do right that's that's essentially what sharing the gospel is right like some people feel like you have to be a phd in theology to be able to like answer everybody's questions and it's like no dude you can just really Oftentimes, just share your story, right? Like, share your experiences. And that's a lot for some people. It could be really moving and really powerful and enjoyable just to see people you can relate to and you can look up to or um, you can look down on shit. They might just look down on <laughs> us and be like, look at these idiots that can't get it right. We had that really mean, remember, like, one star we comment? Had one terrible comment about It had both to be from us. the UK because they used the word drivel. And I was like, who the hell says drivel? You know what I mean? People who, like, yeah, but they did don't not say like bathroom. Nathan and Emily. Yeah. But they're probably a communist. So. <laughs> We don't want them to like us. But thank you for tuning in. If this was useful for you, it would be great if you could share it to a friend or, you know, share it on your story or whatever. Um, I haven't asked you to do that in a while. But if you could leave us a review to kind of balance out some of these one stars we get, that would be great as well. It's the best thing you can really do for us. Um, But, yeah, but thank you so much for listening. We hope that it was a great blessing for you. Stay tuned for future episodes of Seeking Excellence. God bless.